Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Mighty Boy Chi-Chi, a sex expert a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Adult Bedtime Stories. I am Lady Boy Gigi and I have Paul with me tonight. Hey guys. Tonight our topic is going to be on sexual inhibitions for males. And before we get into our topic, I thought it'd be kind of good to clarify some things because some people have lower known desire, some people are asexual, and some people have sexual inhibitions. And these are three separate things. I think it's good to kind of clarify if you're asexual, you may have no desire for sex, but it's not really a problem for you. You don't really, it's like there's no interest and it's no big deal. If you have low or no desire and you're concerned about it and it's kind of bothers you that oh, you know, I should be more sexual or uh, I want to be more sexual, then that's an issue. And mm -hmm. asexuality isn't really a sexual issue. It's more of a type of sexuality that's not sexual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, definitely. And then sexual inhibitions are something that go a little deeper it's something that in, inhibits you from being sexually expressive mm -hmm. with a partner or even with yourself for solo sex, masturbation. Yeah. So anything you want to add, Paul? I think that about covers it. 
I think, at least in my experience, I've found a lot of times that sexual innovations often are something that comes out of having a an upbringing that's pretty strict or regressive or repressed. That, and it can also result from some form of early sexual trauma. That's life. true. Mm -hmm. all of a sudden body memory kind of kicks in and it shuts mm -hmm. down if you had a bad sexual experience early on yeah and it interfere with sexual performance big time <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense and so yeah. sexual trauma can be very debilitating i know that mm -hmm. i was at one point raped it was date rape, but it was still rape. Mm -hmm. And that can be pretty intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To overcome and to work through the issue. Mm -hmm. Now, now you've had some issues in the past yeah. that yeah. Yeah. probably inhibited you sexually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Having a repressive upbringing is a form of sexual trauma honestly oh, yeah. a lot of the time i grew up in a, with a father that was a minister and mm -hmm. the church taught that oh, they'd read the bible story about how i forget his name pulled out and spilled his seed and didn't follow god's commandment and mm -hmm. they misinterpreted that as masturbation and said mm -hmm. oh shouldn't masturbate and actually mm -hmm. god had commanded him to fuck his wife and get her pregnant and he mm -hmm. didn't follow through he pulled out because he thought she was too old to get pregnant mm -hmm. and and so the whole storyline is just this whole weird contrivance against mm -hmm. masturbation and it was never said in the bible that one shouldn't masturbate yeah you know, I don't mm -hmm. know of any, mm -hmm. believe me, I used to have to read the Bible a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then you ring, read um, the Song of Solomon, and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell you, he got pretty into sex. <laughs> <laughs> and he had lots yeah. to sing about. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they never uh, bring that up around sexuality. So. Mm -hmm. You know, there's two sides in the Bible. So mm -hmm. you are, and I want to give, I say that because there are people that are Christian and they think mm -hmm. in modern day Christianity is so anti sex or has yeah. been starting to turn, change a little bit with some church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I do want to give permission to Christians that mm -hmm. There is no commandment not to masturbate, and there's no commandment mm -hmm. not to have sex. There is. Yeah. I mean, the only thing Jesus ever really said about it was you shouldn't commit adultery. If you're married, you shouldn't have sex yeah. with another person. And he, even with that, he said, if someone's committed adultery, let the, the person without a sin throw, cast mm -hmm. the first stone when they're trying to stone a woman for a commitment. Yeah. So, and, and then I mean, he said there's forgiveness. Yeah. I mean, and it could be argued because, like, um, 
you know, a lot of the people in the Bible had polygamous marriages that, like, adultery might even be uninformed consent, or, you know, uh, um, non-consent through not being informed. Yeah, especially in Roman times, mm -hmm. polyamory, even though it wasn't called that, was pretty rampant. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. people were going to orgies and having sex mm -hmm. parties. And mm -hmm. I mean, Rome was a pretty sexual time. And yeah, did Jesus actually make any real statements about sexuality? Mm -hmm. It was yeah. more you find anti-sex in the gospel of Paul. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And Paul was just a repressed person. Well, he was anti just about everything, anti-woman, anti. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he was the one that had partied and gone mm -hmm. to orgies and participated mm -hmm. in things and then kind of did this turnaround oh, where geez. everything was bad now. <laughs> yeah. And so it's kind of a boomerang effect for Paul, I think. He went from mm -hmm. being totally gluttonous to totally pious. Mm -hmm. pious. <laughs> yeah. So how do you think, like, I have some thoughts of my own, but do you have any suggestions for our listeners on how to approach overcoming sexual ambitions? Yeah, when it comes to sexual inhibitions, I think, and it depends what's causing it. If it was a traumatic sexual experience mm -hmm. during childhood, and, and that could even include walking into a parent having sex with another person, mm -hmm. whether it's both parents having sex together or mm -hmm. one parent having sex with someone that's not a parent. Yeah, yeah. That can be very traumatic for a small child and can yeah. get a certain message, especially if one of the parents is seeing someone on the side mm -hmm. committing, quote, adultery. Yeah. I mean, also, particularly if the fact that they saw it is the reason their parents broke up. Yeah. There could be many issues going on, and I think the first step is to resolve those, the trauma oh. and the issues around mm -hmm. through counseling and or, mm -hmm. and possibly even doing some BDSM role play in conjunction mm -hmm. with counseling. Yeah. Because I know mm -hmm. that can be very healing, and... I know that for me, counseling goes only so far. It's just speaking mm -hmm. it's words. <laughs> and BDSM brings it to life, so to speak, mm -hmm. and really makes it impact at a deeper level, I mm -hmm. think. But I think it takes both, and you really need to yeah. see a counselor and do yeah. start with counseling. And then mm -hmm. when you're ready, move into BDSM role play to kind of resolve some of the issues. Definitely. And I think that a lot of times people's trauma normally doesn't just come from one source. There might be 
one thing that they can point to and say like oh that was the trauma that's the that's the thing that caused my problems but really and one of the reasons you want to go see a counselor is because a counselor can like go through with you and like talk about the thing that you think it is but also all of the things around it and some of the things that you don't realize are still affecting you because that was my experience is that's one of the insidious sides of trauma is that it kind of lurks in the background yeah and you don't even realize how much it's affecting you and many years later yeah because like my experience was that when we first started training with each other i you were asking me about traumas and about things that affected me and i opened up to you i had been molested several several times by different men like as a teenager Mm. but when i told you that i I really didn't think it was deeply affecting me because at no point did it really feel painful and traumatic, like it was a shitty thing that happened. But I guess part of it was because it became so normalized to me because I guess I was the kind of passive person that people who predate on younger children look for yeah and like part of it was i was convinced that like by not really overreacting when guys would fondle me that somehow i was being open-minded that it took me talking with you about all of those traumas to realize how much it was affecting me and realize how much it was holding me back sexually especially when it came to my attraction to men and particularly older men and it was only after like talking through those things with you several several times that i realized how much it was affecting me and then in time we were able to do bdsm role play that really kind of got at the at the like at the meat of it and when we did that like it took several months from the time we started doing role play around my molestations and the later scenes where we were really actively touching on those things during our role play and a big part of that was building up my comfort with you and my trust of you Mm. to where we could directly focus on those themes in BDSM so I'm hoping that when people hear this that they don't think that it means to just jump right into doing scenes around your trauma because if you don't do it right you can re-traumatize yourself yeah it takes meeting a dom that you really trust and working together 
for a good long time before you go there and role play with Adam. And I think there's several things going on, especially for men, because men are culturated not to be in touch with their feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. And they're also taught to be more rational and not really in tune with what their bodies are telling them. They're supposed to be rugged and tough and be able to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps, so to speak, and, and I, forge ahead. And mm -hmm. you know, they're culturated to not pay attention to these things, which mm -hmm. kind of compounds it because it just deeper submerges it down and pushes it away mm -hmm. and when what's really required is to really face the fears and start building on trust and mm -hmm. realizing that sex can be a very pleasurable and enjoyable experience mm -hmm. yeah and to overcome those fears mm -hmm. and to really face them because there is mm -hmm. fear wrapped around it i remember after mm -hmm. I was date raped, mm -hmm. I was uh, quite afraid of anal sex for quite a long time afterwards. Yeah. And I tended to avoid it. And mm -hmm. even though I loved it and I'd do it solo, and it really helped that I was so into it solo using dildos mm -hmm. because yeah. I had to retrain my body that, oh, it's not always bad. And Fortunately, mm -hmm. I had good experiences before the bad experience. Yeah. But if someone has a bad experience initially, it can shut things down. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. it's associated with, oh, this is something really bad. And I'm using yeah. this as one example. But mm -hmm. if you were raped or fucked up the ass mm -hmm. and it was traumatizing to you, I would start, and with whatever the trauma was, mm -hmm. working with yourself after doing counseling, gentle ways of solo facing mm -hmm. the trauma a little bit. The way I did it was utilizing play toys anally mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. re-experiencing the pleasures. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that can be confusing, and especially with rape for both men and women, is mm -hmm. that at some level, rape is still going to feel good in the body because it's actual sex. Yeah. And there can be a lot of guilt wrapped around that because, mm -hmm. oh, I shouldn't enjoy this. This mm -hmm. was a bad thing that happened to me. And there's a lot yeah. of, there's this whole concept of, being a rape victim, and I hate the word victim mm -hmm. because you're not a victim. This is mm -hmm. something that was done to you. And you're not just a survivor, you can become a thriver mm -hmm. trauma. And you can yeah. do things that, and if you go through the process, it takes some time to overcome some of this. But once you do, it frees you up to really thrive sexually. Mm -hmm. thrive as a person not just yeah because sometimes these traumas can come out in other areas in our life mm -hmm. in bad ways <laughs> yeah 
Any Definitely. That? I know I just said a whole mouthful there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think another thing that is going on is men are also so acculturated to think of themselves as the, like, pursuers of sex and like sex is really good so if you do find yourself with inhibitions around sex it can also make you feel like not as much of a man there's also the myth that men are like the ever ready bunny they're supposed to be able to turn on in an instant and always wanting sex and that's just a falsehood. There's times, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like an Everetti bunny in many ways, but there's times mm-hmm. when I'm not in the mood for sex. Yeah. It happens, and it's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. There's, mm-hmm. I think all things in life kind of come in cycles where you have a high uptime and you're going like mm-hmm. Everetti bunny rabbit. And then you mm-hmm. have kind of this decline and we're, yeah. we're just kind of off for a while. And mm-hmm. even our moods can kind of go up and down a little bit. It's a good thing to have kind of days where you feel high as a kite mm-hmm. and other days where you're kind of, well, mm-hmm. it's hard to get out of bed today. Yeah. It's when it becomes elongated and Mm -hmm. it's like you get into a manic phase and you start Mm -hmm. thinking oh i'm invulnerable to anything i Mm -hmm. can do anything i want Mm -hmm. or get so down low that you feel like oh life isn't worth living anymore Mm -hmm. so the normal cycle is healthy but when you get into these Mm -hmm. high peaks and high lows i mean yeah low lows that's yeah. when it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of what we're talking about is like understanding yourself enough because I know that training with you really, really helped me even out some of those really low, low lows and really high peaks. And part of it was getting in touch with my trauma and being truthful with myself about it and about how it affected me and also i think that through doing that process i was able to really start asking myself like how do i feel right now and like really being able to gauge how i was feeling on any given day and i think that part of getting to that point was facing some of these fears and some of the things that had kept me inhibited for so long. And I would like to inject here that while this was going on, you were simultaneously daily raising your sex energy and getting Mm -hmm. those good sexual feelings going, getting your daily dose of oxytocin and um, Mm -hmm. some of the other good chemicals that we release when we pleasure ourselves dopamine serotonin yeah and these are what i like to call mood levelers they don't Mm -hmm. get you so super high or super and they keep you Mm -hmm. from going so super low Mm -hmm. 
and it helps you feel more connected with life and with the universe and, mm-hmm. and, and definitely and with other people and so i think in conjunction with working with the trauma it's good to have a daily practice where you're raising your sexual energy and mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you have to bring yourself to an orgasm every day yeah. but to just pleasure yourself each day mm-hmm. and it doesn't mm-hmm. take long 15 mm-hmm. 20 maybe 30 minutes mm-hmm. is enough yeah just to get that chemistry going <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely and i think that really goes a long way during the working through trauma it's it helps bring some of the pleasurable side to life not mm-hmm. just delving deep into the the dark side so to speak <laughs> yeah that makes sense <clears throat> and so it's mm-hmm. a balance of things mm-hmm. anything you want to add to that like a lot of the things that i've i've learned through training and through facing the the trauma and things like that it really is all about emotional housekeeping keep, in a way i think that one of the things that when you're acculturated as a guy like you like it goes back to what you were saying earlier like you're you you know you're supposed to be the rock you're supposed to be able to just like have things and like when they affect you they affect you in that moment and then you don't think of them again and one of the things that like i learned through our training is that it actually takes a whole lot of emotional housekeeping to stay in a good state of mind i find that it's important for me to every day like kind of just ask myself how am i feeling right now how am i feeling today is there a reason i might be feeling one thing or another like if i notice that i feel sad or scared or anxious asking myself why do i feel that right now is there a reason and telling myself my own story like you know i'm anxious right now and i might be anxious for these reasons but honestly like there are all of these other things going on in my life that i can feel solid and stable about making the choice to like have a different experience um and i i think that that's one of the things that i i really had to learn a whole lot and it's one of the things that helped me overcome a lot of um my the the things that were holding me back and my inhibitions. Mm-hmm. I do want to say that once I overcame the kind of trauma around anal sex, mm-hmm. it was amazing because after that it was like, oh, I couldn't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt so good <laughs> to mm-hmm. receive a guy or a woman with a mm-hmm. strap on and just have my brains fucked out you know (laughs) speak it was Mm mind-blowing and it's it opens the door to such amazing pleasure once we do face those traumas and overcome Mm -hmm. the fears but it is a thing of 
building trust, not only with a partner, but with yourself. Yeah. Sometimes we blame ourselves for being mm-hmm. in a situation where we were taken advantage of or where we were abused. Mm-hmm. And there is this kind of victim mentality of, well, I must have deserved this somehow. No, mm-hmm. you didn't. This was something that happened to you out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't ask for it to happen. That's a myth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so just learning to trust yourself again, I think, mm-hmm. is a big step in the process. Saying, yeah, yeah I, I trust you. You're, you're pretty good with people, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also realizing that something that happened in the past isn't necessarily going to happen again. You do yeah. more, you're more empowered now. And mm-hmm. have faith in yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that is our processes that do take some time to work through. It's not overnight. Yeah, that makes sense. But it is something you can build over time. And I'd like to talk a little bit about trust. Initially, Mm -hmm. trust is a decision. And you decide, okay, I'm going to trust this person just a little bit. And let's see where it goes. And after mm-hmm. you make that decision, trust becomes a process of taming each other, of taking turns, putting a little bit more out there each time, building that trust and saying, OK, I trusted you this much last time. You you came through with flying colors. I'm going to go a little mm-hmm. step further. And maybe the other person saying, well, you trusted me. I'm going to trust you with this part of myself. And it should be a two-way interaction. It should be yeah. it's going both ways, not just mm-hmm. one way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so that's a process, and it does take some time to build that up. Yeah. But once you do, it becomes rock solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a paradox. If you really mm-hmm. want to be a rock solid man, mm-hmm. get in touch with those emotions and the vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. yeah it's weird how it works but if Mm -hmm. you try to shy away from the vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. you're gonna get soft in a way yeah open to being Mm -hmm. hurt yeah definitely i hope i'm making sense there because i know you, you definitely are I know it's kind of a paradox and it doesn't seem mm-hmm. to click rationally. And for a mm-hmm. lot of guys, we're are kind of culturated to stay in that rational side of the brain. And we're mm-hmm. kind of moving into the arena of intuitions. And yeah. And, and that's, I think one of the things that you're kind of t- touching on is like, you know, when when you have to build trust with another person, especially if, you know, part of your trauma was being hurt by other people, it can be extra hard to to trust them that way again. Especially if, like with you, when I was learning to put my trust in you because I had those old memories of being molested and being 
taken advantage of sexually and you know learning how to trust you sexually was made harder because i had to fight my own like memories of bad experiences that i had to get to a place where i could trust the way that i needed to to do the work that we were doing i think that's why it's important to kind of question where is this coming from mm -hmm. is it true because mm -hmm. it may be true that one older man mm -hmm. or a couple of older men took advantage of you but does that mean all older men will take it mm -hmm. yeah and it's realizing at a gut level or at a body level that no, most men aren't going to take advantage of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that's not to say that some men won't have interest in you as a sexual person. They mm -hmm. may. But yeah. I mean, they're going to misuse and abuse. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that's part of the trust building process. It's being able to trust in yourself and in another person that yeah these things that was back then and it was a different situation from today but that's mm -hmm. a weird thing about body memory it doesn't remember the details yeah. of what happened in the past it just remembers oh it where got, you are now. It, this thing yeah. happened and it seems to be happening now even though it's maybe a little different but it feels the same and and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden the alarm bells go off in the body and mm -hmm. and things start shutting down and we become sexually in inhibited it's like yeah all of a sudden we don't we don't want to go and it's not necessarily a conscious thing it's more of a subconscious thing oh for sure but any other thoughts um we there. talked about the trauma side of sexual inhibition and there's a whole nother side of it too mm -hmm. and this can be anything from oh am i good enough mm -hmm. oftentimes with sexual inhibition it can go alongside with things like body image which we'll be yeah. working on in the next show but it mm -hmm. feel like oh i'm not worthy or i'm not good enough or you know, my dick's too small or mm -hmm. are they going to laugh at me and think I'm really yeah. terrible at this mm -hmm. that can cause sexual inhibition oh yeah definitely and so it can go hand in hand with something like body image issues mm -hmm. and yeah we'll be talking more on this when we mm -hmm. cover body image issues but that's growing big time among men now oh i know definitely i think you know as the world matures and people grow used to be that men like sex women you know receive sex but they're not really into it and stuff like that and so i think w with growing women's liberation like all of a sudden you're like the worries that women have always had about not being good enough like men are starting to have those worries and we talk a lot about how the media like gives us this false image of of uh 
like beauty standards and things like that. Well, it doesn't just do that for women. It does it for men, too. And, and boy, the time flies. We're at station break time already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll come back to this in a few moments. But before we do, I'd like to remind people that we do have a couple of websites to visit if you're interested. Check out ravenslayerleather.com. That's R-A-V-E-N-S-L-A-I-R-L-E-A-T-H-E-R.com. And there I've got training videos and all kinds of information. In fact, we've even got a link to our Patreon page. If you like this show and want to help support us in what we do, give Mm -hmm. us a little bit. You can give as little as a dollar a month Mm -hmm. or whatever you feel like. Mm -hmm. And that helps us cover some of the expenses of doing a show like this. Mm We don't get paid for it. Well, we get a little Mm -hmm. bit of advertising money, but when you count the hours that put the show together, we're maybe making a few cents per hour. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, so far. Taping the show and then Mm -hmm. editing the show, it takes a lot Mm -hmm. of time. And then, then loading it up and make putting in all the station breaks and all mm. the stuff that has to be done to run yeah. a podcast, it, it, it's time-consuming. And so yeah. we're, we're basically donating our time for this. Mm. So I do yeah. want to remind folks that it does take mm. a lot to put on a podcast, even once every two weeks, which we do. Mm-hmm. Some people put it on weekly, or mm-hmm. in a few cases, I've heard of daily podcasts. Daily, but, yeah. But usually they have a whole team of people mm-hmm. working on it, not just oh, definitely. one person or two people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You can either follow the link on Raven's Layer Leather, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash ladyboy gt and also find our patreon that way yeah and also i have my sex coaching website which is ggwilber.com and if you're interested in really going a lot deeper sex coaching takes this what we discuss on the podcast to a much more Mm. personal level and and gets much more deeper into coaching Mm -hmm. and really taking where you are and helping you achieve what goals you want to achieve with Mm -hmm. your sex life. Yeah. And I'm not here to say, Oh, you should be one thing or another. Mm -hmm. If you're even if Mm -hmm. you're sexual and want to live a happy asexual life, Sex Mm -hmm. can still help you come to terms with, because in our society, even asexuals are pressured. Oh, what's wrong with you? You should be wanting to have sex. (laughs) Yeah. There there must be something wrong. No, there's nothing wrong with you. Just like all sexual identity is like, it's not as cut and dried as people think. Some asexuals 
are sex repulsed. Some are not sex repulsed. Some some asexuals have sex to like bond with their partners and, and things like that. But it's not because they they want sex. It's because they want that bonding moment. So like just like with every sexual identity, it it can be a very complex thing. Mm-hmm. That's what part of what sex coaching is all about is to help smooth out and set up the boundaries and the road markers and mm-hmm. kind of figure out, okay, where where do I fit in all of this? And yeah, and what is it that I want to achieve and where do I want to go with my life? And mm-hmm. that's what sex coaching is about is taking you yeah. where you are to where you want to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anything else before we move on? I think I'm good. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Back to our show. <laughs> We're mm-hmm. talking about sexual inhibitions in men. And we've touched so far on the one, the main one. Well, there's three different causes for it. And we talked a lot about sexual trauma. There's also... <laughs> sex negative social conditioning which we've touched on a little bit with the religious conditioning but there's also Mm -hmm. just in general a lot of sex negative conditioning yeah and that can also cause sexual inhibition yeah definitely there's a lot of myths out there about sexuality Mm -hmm. and what men are supposed to be which are Mm -hmm. utterly false we touched on that a little bit but i'd like to go Mm -hmm. a little deeper yeah because it is it's such has such an impact and we're not even aware it's having an impact oftentimes Mm -hmm. we're given we're in a way we're taught that oh we're not supposed to do x y and z Mm -hmm. supposed to meet a person and have sex with them Mm -hmm. except under certain prescribed social yeah um, Mm -hmm. sanctions yeah and if we Uh, draw and subconsciously if we mm -hmm. don't follow those socially subscribed sanctions Somehow we feel like, oh, we're not supposed to be doing this. And that can Mm -hmm. be very inhibiting sexually. Yeah. I also think that another place we get a lot of sex negative conditioning is I think that there's a lot of people who have misconceptions about how easy it is to have safe sex and how, like, I think that a lot of sex-negative conditioning comes from this idea that it's dirty and that if you are promiscuous, you're going to get a whole bunch of STIs, which is also not true. Well, and also just 
we live in a culture where public nudity isn't even allowed. And mm-hmm. to be have to be covered or mm-hmm. have parts of our body constantly covered while out in public mm-hmm. kind of gives a message that somehow this has to be protected and mm-hmm. it's somehow off limits. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in Greek and Roman times, public Mm -hmm. was a daily occurrence. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the it was warm climate in that area, and and the heat. I've even heard in Europe a while back when they had a heat wave where people were running around naked because it's just too hot to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But narco in the, here in the U.S., it's a mm-hmm. whole different story. And there's many countries yeah. where public nudity is just taboo, and mm-hmm. and it's it's in a way overly criticized. It's like mm-hmm. I remember during some sporting event where someone a woman's boob popped out, and it was such mm-hmm. a outcry about it oh yeah yeah that was uh during this it It was just a breast (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) and so we get those kind of messages that can be very Mm -hmm. inhibiting oh i'm not supposed to be naked in front Mm -hmm. of another person and it can seep in it's part of that is really getting more in tune with our bodies and getting in touch with okay i i was born naked i Mm -hmm. didn't come with clothing Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a societal demand that i work yeah and fortunately there are places if you want to really free and liberate yourself Mm -hmm. try a nudist camp retreat for a weekend And discover yeah, that just because you're naked doesn't mean you're going to go around fucking everything that moves. <laughs> and it's okay if you are at that kind of camp out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are pagan gatherings and especially around Beltane, it's like, ooh, <laughs> fertility time. It's time to get mm. sexual. But I think what I'm yeah. saying is to become comfortable with your own body without. Yeah. Because definitely can be a definite shield, but maybe mm-hmm. it's shielding more than what you want. Yeah. Maybe it's inhibiting you sexually mm-hmm. because all of a sudden the hot mm-hmm. not date happens and all of a sudden you get out of clothes and it's like maybe it's not a conscious thing, but mm-hmm. somewhere deep inside there's this kind of oh I shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing this. Yeah. And so that can be, uh, it's putting the brakes on sexuality to some mm-hmm. degree or another. Uh, I'm, I'm using this as just but one, ex- one example yeah, yeah. of social conditioning. Yeah, yeah. It's never discussed much. Mm-hmm. We don't even talk about it. Yeah. But I mean, to recognize, acknowledge, name it is mm-hmm. an act of empowerment even if you never go to a nudist colony just mm-hmm. knowing that okay nudity is okay yeah and like one of the things that i've seen like 
in some of the clothing optional places we go to is sometimes people don't have the desire to be nude but they will wear something revealing like lingerie or something like that that Mm -hmm. they normally wouldn't wear in front of people but you know they're in they're with a group of people that they feel safe around and sometimes doing things like that can kind of be like putting like putting your toes in the water yeah um and you might find that you get a whole lot out of being provocative without being nude and i do have to tell a story here we did a clothing optional event and i had a shower system that was out in the open we didn't Mm -hmm. really have a good way to enclose it because it was near the campfire and I used mm-hmm. the campfire to heat the water that went to the shower system. And so we all went one night, we were decided to go. It was supposed to be a good night for meteor showers. So a bunch of us walked out to the field that's nearby, and we were in the woods and mm-hmm. watched the meteor shower for about an hour or two. We got back to camp around three o'clock and there's this one guy taking a shower and he had never gone naked in front of anybody. And for us to just show up as a group and with him in the shower, at first he was all embarrassed and trying to cover Mm -hmm. himself. And and then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden he said, oh, screw it. It's already been seen. Yeah, yeah. The next day he came to me and he said, that was so liberating. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I know it happened by accident, but all of a sudden I feel more comfortable being naked in front of others. It was Mm -hmm. what I needed to get me out of my, uh, Mm -hmm. out of my comfort zone and really Mm -hmm. kind of overcome this fear of being seen naked. Yeah, and that was very life transformational for him. Mm-hmm. And after that, he started coming to the events, and for, he mm-hmm. was usually the first one out of his clothes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> so there can be this moment of liberation, that moment of transformation that can occur mm-hmm. when we least expect it. Yeah, be very empowering. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah i mean so i know that we're we're kind of spoiled because we go to so many different kinds of alternative community gatherings we go to several festivals a year and then there are house parties beyond that where people are free to express themselves how they want to Tuesday once in a blue moon yeah. when there's a fifth Tuesday of the month. Yeah, yeah. The party is quite uh, optional. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that it's been very healing for me to be able to spend a lot of time around people who are not so inhib- inhibited by sexuality and like Everyone comes where they are. Sometimes when people first are part of the scene, they might even be a little shocked by 
the nudity and the open sexuality. Uh, but I, I think that I've seen a lot of people like overcome that and become comfortable in time and like really mm. grow a lot. Yeah. And I, from I, it. I kind of bring this up about the nudity because it is so insidious, mm -hmm. so pervasive and and we're so bombarded with images of Hollywood and mass media that has this retouched mm -hmm. and beauty experts out the kazoo mm -hmm. using this perfect body that we can never measure up to. And that's one mm -hmm. of the complaints I hear a lot of times is, oh, I can, I, I'm just not pretty enough. I'm not mm -hmm. beautiful enough to go around naked. Yeah. And no, and you have real mm -hmm. human beings going around naked. It's not mm -hmm. like the Hollywood version. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you come to a greater acceptance of not just our own body, but other people's bodies as they are, mm -hmm. not all airbrushed yeah. and, and mm -hmm. having hair designers and mm -hmm. set designers and lighting designers and everything creating this perfect picture of body mm -hmm. beautiful and and so all of a sudden you readjust your sense of what is beautiful mm -hmm. and it's a broader definition and all of a sudden oh yes i am beautiful <laughs> mm -hmm. i fit this yeah. criteria i'll never fit the hollywood criteria mm -hmm. And I yeah. think that's a kind of one, another one of those little subconscious things that occurs during these clothing optional events is that there is this greater acceptance of our own body as it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's oh. a healthy thing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a very healthy thing. But anyway, any other thoughts on sex? Sexual inhibitions. <laughs> I, I think that if the listeners don't take away anything else, I think that it's very common for people to have sexual inhibitions. I think that it's something that happens to almost everyone and that we all have work that we need to do. Mm -hmm. It's like the best day to work on our sexual inhibitions is yesterday the next best day to work on their sexual inhibitions is today it's never too late to work on those things and mm -hmm. i think that like if you can find yourself an alternative community to be a part of it's it's a great first step because you'll meet a lot of people who they might have their own inhibition that they're dealing with or maybe it's something they were able to work through and like you can help get advice on how to navigate dealing with your sexual inhibitions well we've touched on two of the three causes of sexual mm -hmm. inhibition there is and i don't i wouldn't necessarily call this a cause it, it's hard to tell if it's a the cause or the effect but Mm -hmm. The third cause that Dr. Patty Britton lists in her book is being still being a virgin mm -hmm. to long term. Mm -hmm. 
and by that she means you know into your later 20s early 30s still a virgin mm-hmm. or or later or later <laughs> mm-hmm. and that can be a very compounding mm-hmm. issue around sexual inhibition because the longer you go without mm-hmm. having your first sexual act with another person it, it it becomes even bigger and scarier over time. And it can be isolating. Yeah, it can be very isolating and and, and in a way kind of humiliating. Oh, you're 36 Mm. and you're still a virgin? Mm. I mean, that's the burn of many jokes out there. Yeah. That, oh, there's something really majorly wrong with you if you haven't gotten any by now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd just like to kind of state that that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give you permission to, mm-hmm. if that's what you want to do is be a virgin, that's mm-hmm. okay. I mean, virgin, mm-hmm. especially for, well, I'm talking about males at this point. There are a lot of males that are virgins and they're in their tw- late 20s and mm-hmm. above. <laughs> yeah. Um, that have been and some even into mm-hmm. their late adulthood. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly okay if you're good with it. Mm-hmm. But if it's out of fear and out of sexual inhibition and out of not mm-hmm. being too afraid to have mm-hmm. sexual experience with another, yeah, maybe time to start looking at what are the steps to get out there. Yeah, and, I mean, and it's not necessarily to go out and get laid, so to speak, mm-hmm. but to have a healthy sexual relationship with another mm-hmm. person. Yeah, and I think one thing, like people who find themselves later in life and have a hard time, you know, a lot of times, like people who are neurodiverse have trouble connecting in the ways that lead to sex. There might be trauma that they're overcoming. It might be a lot of different things, but um, and even I know in the so-called nerds and people that are mm-hmm. real into the the brainy side of things, uh, grade A students. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. they don't connect well on a mm-hmm. personal level. They're more yeah. connected academically. Mm-hmm. So there can be many reasons why that kind of yeah. go into preventing a person from mm-hmm. having a healthy sexual relationship. Yeah. And I mean, so I would say that that's a good candidate for someone who might look into getting a sex coach mm-hmm. and it really can help to have someone guide you if you are mm-hmm. unexperienced mm-hmm. navigate and give yourself mm-hmm. to have a healthy mm-hmm. sexual relationship and I, I know that in some states they even have sexual surrogates yeah and even in Texas, there's a few. Believe okay. It or not. 
it's kind of in the gray area of the law in Texas. There's no laws against it, but there's uh, it's yeah, it brushes up against other laws. Yeah, and so it's at this point it's still legal to be a sex surrogate. Mm-hmm. But it's it's controversial, so to speak. Yeah. Just so that people, listeners know, a sexual surrogate or a surrogate lover is a hands-on sex worker who will, through touch and through body work, help you get over any body issues you have and become as, be able to receive sexual touch again and to give mm-hmm. sexual touch. Mm-hmm. And it's a very controlled environment mm-hmm. where there are very strong boundaries on what can mm-hmm. happen and what can't happen. Yeah. And it's it's very healing when done correctly. Yeah, and definitely. Really good sex. And there, in fact, there's a whole certification process for sex surrogates. And I would highly recommend if you go to a sex surrogate to find one that is accredited mm-hmm. and then yeah. add the training in being a sex surrogate mm-hmm. because it's not something you can just, you know, think, oh, one day, mm-hmm. oh, that's just touching people and having erotic times with people. I can do that. No, it's much more involved than that. <laughs> yeah. And so sex surrogacy is a very uh, profound and deeply skillful field. It's not something just anybody can do, although it looks that way at the surface. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It would be interesting if we could find a sexual surrogate to interview. If there's... Uh, any listeners listening to our show who who do Actually, work? I could probably contact one of the certification bodies that mm-hmm. and find someone that would be willing to do a show and talk about sexual surrogacy. Yeah, I think that's that, a very interesting topic. Yeah, I think that topic that's very there's a lot of myths about it and a lot of misinformation yeah. out there about mm-hmm. sexual surrogacy. Yeah. And so I'll look into doing that at some point. Okay. But anyway, any last comments for tonight's show? Um I think I think we've flown by. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we've covered pretty much everything I wanted to cover. I think for me, my biggest takeaway for tonight is if you have sexual issues, a lot of people wait and wait and wait and think, oh, it's no big deal. I can get around this. I'll, I'll, I've survived this long. It's okay. And until it builds up to a point where they're desperate for help and Mm -hmm. you can reach out for help long before it gets to that level of desperation. Yeah. If you want to, and that's where Mm -hmm. a sex coach can come in handy, can help Mm -hmm. guide you and give you some, the not just the 
assignments and exercises to overcome certain mm-hmm. sexual issues, but also to help you stay on the program, be your kind of monitor. In a yeah. Way. Okay, let's stay on track here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your check-in buddy, so to speak. Yeah. And, and it's really getting to the issues and start living a more sexually balanced and healthy life. Because mm-hmm. one of the things we often don't think about when we talk about human health issues is that sexuality is a part of good health. Mm-hmm. People yeah. that have a good balanced sex life tend to live longer and live healthier mm-hmm. than people that are inhibited or have sexual issues or or have unhealthy sexual mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. And so it really helped to have some, and we're never taught how to have a good, healthy sexual relationship. It's not taught yeah. in school. We're not taught how to set boundaries well. We're mm-hmm. not taught how dating skills, all of that. And so how do you, and flirting, how do you flirt? Mm-hmm. So having a yeah. sex coach or having someone to teach you these things, even mm-hmm. this show, we do a lot of shows on how mm-hmm. you can overcome some of these things on your own if mm-hmm. you want to. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to, as most things in life, comes down to communication. I remember one of the big steps for me was I used to think that I had to get really good at flirting to have a very active sex life and things like that. And I realized that if I make my desires known to people in my life and I'm respectful to to people and just like, hey, I think that you're attractive and I would like to have sex with you. Like, have you ever thought about having sex with me? And if they say yes, then awesome. And if they say no, like you just still, you continue to treat that person well, like a human being. And sometimes like taking a no gracefully can open up you having that experience later. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think that just learning that it was completely okay to just ask for what I want Mm -hmm. uh, was a very important lesson for me. Yeah. And so I think for the, for a lot of the shows around sexual issues, but especially for sexual inhibitions, if this is an issue you're dealing with, get some help. Mm -hmm. Work around it. Life's too short. Don't miss out. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're worthy for having a good, healthy sexual relationship, and you're mm-hmm. worthy of sexual pleasures. Mm-hmm. And it's something we uh, went over in the first show in the series, but I think it, it's worth uh, repeating that anytime you're having sexual issues of any kind, it is best to 
see a doctor and like talk to a doctor to rule out a physical limitation that might be holding you back or a physical uh, condition that could be in some cases Mm -hmm. there's life-threatening physical conditions that can cause certain types of sexual Mm -hmm. issues especially erectile issues Mm -hmm. and so yeah getting that checked out by a mm-hmm. doctor first is really important. Yeah, definitely. Well, mm-hmm. I think we're at the top of the hour. Have a good night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Enjoy your bodies and explore. Discover the pleasures hidden within this flesh we live in. Mm-hmm. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.